my friend. It's Julie Clough here, your life and grief coach. Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast. I'm thrilled to bring you uplifting grief support and tools for rebuilding your life one small step at a time. Let's get started. Hello, hello, my friends. It's good morning. It's morning. It may not be morning for you when you're listening, but it's morning for me right now. Welcome to episode 121, Living Again. Did you notice I changed up the intro? I just want to have a little more fun. Are you interested in having more fun? I am. I I, I love to just have fun. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. But I wanted to share with you today that part of recovering from grief is rediscovering your light and life. And how will you rediscover yourself again? It's like unburying, uncovering buried treasure. We have the opportunity to become more ourselves than ever after grief. And really, it's not even rediscovering, it's discovering. We are a different person. The frivolous has no meaning. After a major loss, the frivolous just doesn't seem important anymore. The empty has little draw and you may be filled with a desire to live more fully. I wrote on the buildalifeafterloss.com on the website about me. I wrote, this is part of what I wrote and I wrote this quite a while ago. It probably needs to be updated a little bit, but I wrote, I realized, and talking about after my loss, I realized that I had already experienced the worst thing that could I could imagine, which created a weird mix of fear and courage inside of me. I began building new experiences and creating a new identity. That weird mix of fear and courage. The fear came from just the experience that I had that, wow, bad things really can happen. And that takes some time and effort to work through that fear so that we can really move into the courage and create the courage. Because now it's like, it didn't matter as much what people thought about me or how they responded to me or It did, but it didn't. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. This past weekend, we went on a a little um, quick trip. It was just an overnight trip down to southern Utah. We were looking at some property down there and went with my husband and my daughter, and she brought one of her four kids, her six-year-old. And um, Declan came with us, and he, he was enjoying so much, having so much attention from the adults. And when on Saturday night, we went to Black Bear Diner. I don't know if you've ever been to Black Bear Diner, but my daughter and I both, she ordered a side and it was a full meal. And I ordered the lighter dinner and it was a huge meal. And so Declan got his plate of chocolate chip pancakes. And when those pancakes arrived and they put that huge plate, it's almost a platter of four large chocolate chip pancakes. He lifted up his arms and he's like, all for me. He was so excited. All for me. He said he was so excited. And I thought about like children live in wonder and discovery. They're just 
excited about the little things. And, and when we grow up, we kind of temper that excitement and we don't, you know, when the, the waitress puts this big plate of food in front of us, we don't lift our arms in excitement and go, Oh, for me. And I think maybe we should, we should live more like a child. Even in the Bible, it says to live like a child full of faith and hope. Yesterday, uh, Declan with his, and his little four-year-old brother were over at the house and they were putting a puzzle together and they were just having so much fun with it. And even when Declan left for school, his four-year-old brother sat there undoing the puzzle and putting it back together. And that is the wonder of children. And we look at it and we, we want to live with that discovery mindset, with that wonder, with that looking at things from a place of excitement and allowing ourselves to feel that excitement and to, and, and to embrace it. And when we go through really hard times, we just, we live in the, in the darkness of life, don't we? We live in the pain and the darkness of life. And in order to, in order to fully move through grief and pain, we have to allow the glimmers of light to shine through. We have to allow that. Yesterday was not a great day for me. I was in a bit of a funk. I was feeling cloudy and uninspired and just not in alignment. And, and I really had on my list of things to do yesterday to record this podcast, but I knew I couldn't show up for you the way I wanted to because I was feeling that way. And then last night I listened to a long interview with Dr. Bernie Siegel, and it was just the inspiration I needed. Dr. Bernie Siegel, maybe you've read some of his books, maybe you've seen him in interviews, but he talks a lot about the mind-body connection and how patients who recover are the patients that that truly understand the mind-body connection and they live in hope and they live in, in desire to live. And I downloaded his book entitled Love, Medicine, and Miracles. And I started reading some of that last night. And I want to share some of what he shared and how it applies to this episode on living again. In one section, he, t- he shares this story. This man talks about self-induced healing. And it emphasizes the patient's active role in healing. And so often in our society, we have given up our power. We've given up our healing ability to experts. And you'll even, you'll even, this is what the honestly frustrates me a little bit is you'll even have so-called experts tell you that you'll grieve the rest of your life if you experience certain losses. And I just, I'm, I'm part of that subset that's told that you'll grieve the rest of your life. And I do not grieve. I'm not grieving the rest of my life. Yes. I lost two beautiful, wonderful children to death in a car accident. Yes. It's a horrible experience. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But at the same time, I have so much to live for. And I believe with my whole heart, they would want me to live. 
I lost my brother to suicide. I believe the same thing about my brother, John, that he would want me to live. In fact, I know it. I know it in my soul. Courage is the ability to live authentically. It's the ability to stop worrying about what others think, what others do, and live and truly live in peace, hope, and love. It's showing up with power and radical love and extreme enthusiasm. And I know this is a far leap. If you're, if you're in the dark, dark days of grief right now, this is a far leap to start talking about power and radical love and extreme enthusiasm. I know it is. And I don't want you, I don't want this to discourage you. You know, I know when I was in those dark, dark days, when I would hear things like that, sometimes it was discouraging because I couldn't get there. But here's, here's what I didn't know at the time. And I want to share with you is that I could get there. I just couldn't get there that moment. And if I had allowed myself to feel the good, just the little bits of good, and I allowed myself to believe that power and radical love and extreme enthusiasm was available for me, maybe not that minute, but was available to me in my future. If I allow myself to just believe that for a moment and to hope it, I would have made all the difference. It's allowing yourself to feel the good, the little moments, to notice what there is still in life to embrace and to live for. Dr. Siegel identifies the problem with this statement. The fundamental problem most patients face is an inability to love themselves, having been unloved by others during some crucial part of their lives. He went on to say, many people don't make full use of their life force until a near fatal illness goads them into a change of mind. So he's talking about physical ailments and diagnosis, but a tragedy, something hard in life is also an opportunity to have a change of mind. And we learn, I learned so much from reading his experiences with patients. And I just want to say, yes, yes, yes. He went on to say, exceptional patients manifest the will to live in its most potent form. They take charge of their lives, even if they were never able to before, and they work hard to achieve health and peace of mind. That's what building a life after loss is all about. It's taking charge of your life. Even if you never were able to before, it's doing the hard work to achieve health and peace of mind. It's getting involved. It's not believing. It's not believing the misinformation that we have that we have to grieve forever. We have to live in this pain forever. It's not believing that it's, it's taking hold. It's taking charge. It's working hard. And here's a big part of the formula for living fully again in Dr. Siegel's words, the ability to love oneself combined with the ability to love life fully accepting that it won't last forever enables one to improve the quality of life. So I want to spend some time there. That's what this is all about. Living again is all about improving quality of life. And he offers three things into this one sentence. 
One, the ability to love oneself. Two, ability to love life. And three, accepting it won't last forever. So I want to talk about those three things for just a minute. Ability to love oneself. Sometimes we make our tragedy or we make our life, hard life experience, we make it evidence that we aren't lovable or worthy of love. See, we say, here's the evidence. Here's the evidence. This happened and this happened and this happened. And therefore that's evidence that I'm not lovable or I'm not worth loving. But with effort, we must combat the human tendency to doubt our worth. This is a human tendency. There's nothing wrong with you because you doubt your worth. It is part of our human condition. You must create habits that affirm you, that give love and kindness to yourself. And as you do, you will discover more joy in life. You'll discover more joy, better health, and improved relationships. It will truly change everything. And that's part of what we do here is to encourage you to love yourself and to offer tools and understanding. And when I work with people one-on-one, that's what we work on is fully accepting and loving ourselves right where we are and looking forward with hope and looking forward with what's, what's next? What can we do next? But number two is ability to love life. Be the six-year-old. Open your eyes to the beauty and the wonder and the simple things. Make a list of everything there is to live for. You know, when Carrie and David died, I could look around me and see I had four other children that still needed me and loved me and who I still loved. I had a husband that I loved that I wanted to live for. I had so much family and friends and purpose in my life through my faith community, through my creative activities, all these things gave me energy, expanded my energy for life. You can feel when you're creative, when you, when you make that list of everything there is to live for, be creative, open your eyes to everything there is to it to live for. We're going into the spring of the year. Maybe already you're seeing the blooms on the, on the shrubs and the trees. When we're in winter, when we see the snow on the trees and we see the, the trees look lifeless, we don't think it's all over. We know that spring is coming and your spring is coming too. Dr. Siegel advises don't do things not to die but do things to enhance the quality of your life. Make a list of all the good in your life. Feel that expansion of your energy as you dig deep. Number three, accepting it won't last forever. We often hear, live as if you'll die tomorrow. And why does that create a shift in us? Why does that create a shift? Why don't we live fully now? Well, because we get sucked into the humdrum habits that don't reinforce joy and beauty and hope and encouragement. Reinforcing those things takes effort. It takes attention. It takes paying attention. It takes creating habits that reinforce joy. Yesterday, I didn't wake up 
and do my morning routine. And I paid the price for not doing it because I didn't fill my cup in the morning because I didn't do those things that I know that I know creates joy in my life. I lived in contraction. I lived with the cloud. And I know grief can feel super cloudy and it can feel super discouraging, but I'm here to share that there is life still here to live. And it's our opportunity to embrace that life and do it through effort and patience. Here's a quote from Fyodor, and I'm going to botch his last name, Dostoevsky, something along those lines. He said, a new philosophy, a way of life is not given for nothing. It has to be paid dearly for and only acquired with much patience and great effort. So I ask, could coaching change your life? It changed mine. It opened my mind to possibility and healing and discovery of who I am and what I truly want in life and how to go from where I was to where I wanted to go. Are you willing to put in the effort that we just talked about, but you're not sure what to do? If you're willing, then coaching is for you. Whether that's grief coaching or weight loss coaching or whatever it is you're looking for, you're wanting to build a business, whatever your dream is, coaching is for you. Go to the link in the show notes or directly to buildalifeafterloss.com backslash talk and you'll see a link there to make your first appointment. Your first appointment is totally free. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Click the link today and I look forward to talking to you. Have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you. Bye.